the camera. Yeah, I'm already recording. Just make so. sure I'm high enough. Yeah, we can edit whatever. Right, oh, yeah, I can edit it down. That's good. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, we're, we're good. We're happy? We're happy. She hit that button and then did a little counter. We're counting, and we're good. Sweet. Yeah, uh, this is fantastic. Yep. It's all right. How do you want to kick it off? <clears throat> I'm cool with whatever. Um, you like to do the hi, I'm Danny McWilliams? Yeah. All right, let's do that. Hey folks, this is Danny with Stuff I Kind of Care About Podcast, and today I'm hanging out with my friend Joshua Peak from Stuff I Heard Podcast. If you haven't heard about it, you should go check it out. He is a really cool dude, and he is fantastic at talking about things in an educated manner, yet not being pretentious, which is a great quality to have. That's kind of a way of saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll make it up as I go along. Absolutely. Well, this is, you know, my podcast is the Stuff I Heard podcast, so it's literally, it couldn't be factual, it could be something you heard when you passed by somebody, it could be a conversation, it could be something you watched on television, you're like, oh, that inspires me to want to talk about this, and so it could be anything, and literally every conversation could be that way. Oftentimes, when you're with friends, that's the conversations you have. Right. But there's moments in those conversations where you go, God, that was good. I should have saved. I wish we could have saved that moment because right. it was, you know. And sometimes you hear other people's conversations and you're like, I want to, like, where can I jump in? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to have that open. Absolutely. And it's always, I'm going to lean over and check the levels. Ooh, they still look good. Uh, it's always a little bit more fun when it's organic. Yeah. And it's it's just like hanging out. That's what last week was with I Am No Cash. Yeah. Like, had a ton of fun. Oh, by the way, he wants you to hit him up. Okay. Because apparently your info didn't save for him. So. Okay. Yeah. I'll reach out to him. So he wants to do some some stiffs with you. Yeah. Um, I want to teach him how to how to start his own. Yeah, I mean, I, I know been, you could do you could do a lot on your end too with which what mm -hmm. you have going. Um, but like, you know, there's always workarounds with everything and, you know, yeah. it's all a matter of what do you want to do? I, you know, I like to do the, I like to do the broad picture. Let's talk about what you want to do Absolutely. And, the, and then let's and grow And you may want to hone in on something yeah. and that's totally legitimate. Um, for me, I like it since my life has been so varied and I've come from so many different directions. I like being able to talk about just all the stuff, um, I hate, I hate those conversations where you pass by people that you grew up with and like, what you been up to? And you're like, uh, yeah, and a you're lot. Just, I mean, I don't want to boil this down in into a conversation. Head, like, I just wish I hadn't run into you. Right. Like, I'm sure you're living your life and you're doing your thing over there, but can we, do we not need to pretend to care? It's like, um, I went to a uh, class reunion. Okay. So I'm, I'm a bit older than you are. I'm 45. And so I went to my you're 20th. I went to my 20th high school reunion and, you know, weirdly enough, I kept in contact with the same people that I always wanted to keep in contact with. And right. I stayed friends with them and we stayed hanging out and we stayed doing things together on random weekends whenever we had time. And we could go years without speaking to one another because social media wasn't always what it is now. Right. But when we saw each other, it's like no time had passed. Conversations picked right back up. Oh my God, you know, I can't believe, and we had inside jokes with each other. You know, we got a buddy of ours named Rodney, and we grew up during the Rodney King incident. So every time we see him, we're like, the king! And he's right. like, hey, hey, guys. Of course, he's Filipino, which makes it even funnier. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the thing about the reunion was, is like, everybody met at my house. Most of them were spending the night at my house during this time. Mm -hmm. We all went to the event together. My wife drove us because she was going to be the sober driver. Right. We had a minivan at the time because we had three teenage boys, and... 
you know, at the thing, I keep bumping into people that I think, I don't remember you, I don't, I don't know, we never had a conversation. Right. And p- random people just like, oh my God, we should hang out. And I'm like, I, why? Yeah. I mean, I kept finding myself thinking, why? But here's the thing, is I've also realized that the older you get, like, especially as an adult male, it's harder to make friends as adult males. Like, we're very guarded of our personal space and our personal time and that kind of stuff. And I was telling somebody recently, I said, I could literally live next to a guy. We both like watching the same team play on TV. Mm-hmm. We could both like grilling out. We'd go both like, you know, drinking beer and hanging and just being homebodies. And I could see him outside grilling and we could wave each other. Hey, man, how's it going? And I could close the door. And, and if he if he knocks on my door, I'm going to be like, what do you want, weirdo? Right. Even though there's no reason why we shouldn't just hang out and watch the game together once in a while. I, I don't. I Why do I want to hang out with him? But when right. you're a kid, someone could drive by on a bicycle and go, hey, man, you got a bike? Want to go ride? New right. best friend. That's it's all it so took. It's so much easier. And yeah. I mean, I. it is a little bit different for me because I'm a bartender. Like, I'm. Right. I talk to people all day long. Well, and alcohol helps loosen people's inhibitions, and it they're does. like, I should talk to this guy because he seems friendly. Right. You know. And I, you know, I, I, I stand up at the bar, and I, I serve people food and drink all day, and I end up having really awesome conversations with people that you'd never really expect. Um, and part of the job of being a bartender is to sort of be a therapist in a way, because they're oh, gonna they're yeah. gonna openly tell you things that they wouldn't normally tell their family members or their friends. It's only mildly traumatic how much people just spill their guts yeah. to a bartender. Yeah, it's really crazy. There's a reason they're in there having alcohol. Yeah, and it's a band aid. And there's nothing wrong with it. No. It's just it's one of those things that is very much awkward yeah when people are in there just like and and it's not about like friend friends like when a complete stranger from out of town sits down at the bar and just starts giving you their life story it's a very like awkwardly powerful feeling um because you realize like this is you you they're putting you in a position of power like yeah once somebody tells you their story you have an amount of power over them that's right. just the way that we are as human beings and what you do with that is part of what defines you. Uh, you know, if you take that and you use it to manipulate or control them, you're probably a terrible person. Right. Um, but it's you, also one where if you had a colorful past in your own life, then you can find similarity in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe you're, you realize at that moment, oh, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to talk to you about something that yep. has to do... And I've with had, what you're going I've through. I've had so many situations like that where I've I've developed, you know, like a a pretty casual relationship with a regular and then all of a sudden, you know, it's hey, you're sober. Oh, holy crap, my son's going through that. Yeah. And then it just becomes this way deeper thing and you know, I I have this one dude that I was able to like encourage a ton. Just living sobriety in front of him in bars, mm-hmm. showing him that it can be done. Yeah. Um, and and he, you know, he came in a few months ago with his son. And I finally got to meet his son that I've heard about for the last three or four years. And it was super cool. Like, yeah. It was awesome because he's a dad. All he wants to do is, is take care of his son. Mm-hmm. And he just... You know, most people, if you've never been through addiction or you've never had a very close loved one go through addiction, you don't know how to handle it. 
And yeah. most people that have been through it or had somebody close to them go through it still don't know how to handle it. Right. Which I'm not saying I do. I just, I've no. learned a couple of things. Well, yeah. And everybody's path is different. Not everybody wants to get clean and sober. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. They always say that it doesn't matter how much money you throw at a problem. The problem doesn't go away until a person wants to change. And we've talked about that before. Oh, you yeah. know, and, and I've dealt with that within our own household with my stepson. And, you know... Knock on wood, he's sober now. Yeah. Hopefully, stays that way. Much better off when he's not because his his family thrives whenever he's sober. Like he thrives when he's sober, and when he doesn't, it's all about selfish nature and selfish, you know, oh, yeah. whatever. But like you know, he even he even asked me, or he he told me one time. He said, "No one ever asked me why I did it." He said, "They always talk about you know." You're shooting you of, and or... you know this is the this is what you did wrong, and this is how it impacted us. No one ever asked me why, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I've heard that from other addicts as well, and, and they all talk about the fact of you know, some people say it's through um, low self-esteem that maybe they got in with the wrong crowd, they were trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's to drown out their own problems or some issues they've had growing up. Some people it's sexual abuse or physical abuse growing up that they're trying to mask or get over. Um, some people, it's just the awkwardness of life, and they don't know how to cope unless they yep. do something about it. And, you know, he was kind of a kid who was very, you know, outward going, seemed like everything was fine, uh, but it really just boiled down to trying to make friends with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I had, I really had no reason other than that. And, you know, it's, it's all different for everybody, but, you know, you, you truly have to walk that road you're on your own and it can be lonely and it can be isolating for you and your family and your loved ones around you, friends and whatnot, because no one really knows how to help and they want to help. And, you know, it's a, it's it's a hard path for a lot of people. And listen, our little town of Florence has grown up and we have that all the time here now, Mm -hmm. which never used to be a thing, but it is now. And well, it, it, it did used to be a thing. Well, it's, you just didn't know about right, it. Right, because it, it wasn't... Families used to hide it yeah, yeah, yeah. way more than they do now. Yeah, uh, now people, people openly talk about it more. As op- didn't used to be as open as they yeah. are now. You know, someone being as open as I am about it... Is rare. 50 years ago was unheard of. Well, it's even rare today, though. It's, it is rare today, and... But know, it allows you in a position to talk to people on a level that maybe they don't have that ability to otherwise... Absolutely, and that's part of it, the reason why I'm, why I'm open about it, and not like forceful about it. Like, I I, I want to talk about it if you want to talk about it. Right. Otherwise, what else do you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's I I don't have all of the answers. I don't even have most of the answers. Listen, we all have flaws. We all are right. screwed up in our own special way, and and I love the the church sign that says, you know, where are you going to judge me because I sin different than you? Right. We all have problems. We're all trying to deal with life yeah. the best we can, and none of us have instructions. And even if we have instructions, we're not going to pay attention to it. We're going to make our own stupid, we're, foolish mistakes. Because we're humans, and we're trying to figure out how it goes. Yep. What was it, the saying, uh, you could tell a man that there's a billion stars in the universe, and he'll believe you. But you tell him the park bench is wet, and he'll have to touch it. Absolutely. You know. That's, I mean, that's very apropos. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I do want to go back to, you mentioned that, Nobody asked him why. Right. Um, that, for me, was a massive turning point. You know, the the whole diagnosis thing is very easy. 
it's easy to look at your life and be like, huh, yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. Whether it's addiction, whether it's it's diet and exercise or mental health or or even just relationships. Um there it's easy to be like, there's a problem. It's it's hard to find a solution and it's really hard to figure out why there's a problem. Mm-hmm. For me, I still can't give you one answer as to why I did what I did. Um, there, it's not just like a case by case basis either. There's, it's all wrapped up. You know, it is the feelings of insecurity. It's the feelings of not being good enough. It's having mental health issues. Um, you know, I, I can tell you right now that a huge problem is, is when you're obsessive compulsive and you, you, you're obsessing over something and somebody completely invalidates your emotions by saying, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Like it is that big of a deal to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware that you don't think it's that big of a deal and you don't have to think it's that big of a deal. But I do. And trying to take that from me is dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. It's taking my voice, which has been a struggle for me. And when you're younger, you lack the the tools to realize that okay like that's okay if someone else doesn't feel the same way I do when you're younger you're you're the way you view it I think is that you go well I must be the weirdo out of this scenario you don't you don't automatically have Mm -hmm. the confidence to just go whatever that's you I mean that's a really crazy question why do we as humans assume that we are alone in our ineptitudes we're very very quick as, as a species in general, to assume that there's somebody better than us at a given task. You've started making furniture. Yeah. It's very easy for you to be confident and say, oh, there are many better people than me at this. Oh, yeah. I've seen right? them on YouTube. <laughs> right. But how, why is that our go-to setting as people that we just assume we're alone in our struggles, whether it's mental health, addiction, whether it's abuse, uh, either emotional, physical, or sexual, whether it's trauma. I mean, PTSD is a massively, I, I, I don't, popular is the concept I'm going for, but not the word I'm going for. It's, it's very out there. It's, it's around a lot. Yeah. I can't talk today, but prevalent. Thank you. And it's very prevalent, but it has this insidious nature that convinces everyone that they're the only one going through it. Yeah. And not in a negative, like, I'm the only one going through this, so like my pain is so much worse than yours. But in a, like, I'm the only one going through this, nobody will ever be able to understand what I'm going through type well, thing. And the crazy part is, 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 like, we've gotten comfortable talking about PTSD from soldiers coming back from mm-hmm. war and from, you know football players who are having head injuries and committing suicide. Mm-hmm. It's these, what we would consider icons of these manly men, these strong, confident guys that are literally wrecked whenever mm-hmm. they're home and, you know, are having such severe symptoms that they commit suicide on a ridiculous rate. And mm-hmm. it leaves everybody asking the question, you know, what is this? What's going on? And it's such a catastrophe that, you know, we've, we've now figured out what that is and we're, you know, actively pursuing that. You know, it seems like as a culture anyway. Right. But then you go, oh, well, like this, this just isn't isolated to soldiers. This isn't isolated just to 
football players. This is also my friend who got beat up by as a kid by his dad, mm-hmm. or my friend who got mauled by a, by a dog when he was a kid. This traumatic event happened to them as a kid, and you know now they, there's something wrong with them. Or you know you have a friend that maybe goes through a car accident and someone dies, and and they're from that point I, I on change. I, I, I wouldn't say there's something wrong with them. No, no, no. That's that, what that's what the idea is. But, right, but. But then there's I, that. Okay, I see what you're trying to say. Now like, you're, that's how society views it. Yeah, and now you're, you know, taking the average what you'd consider civilian mm-hmm. who's now going through this, and you go, oh, anybody is susceptible to this. Yeah. And if we're honest about it, we all have some sort of trauma in our past that, that somehow changed us. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a big deal done about bullying, and you know, we got to stop, you know, the bullying and the anti-bullying, and I'm all for anti-bullying. But also, bullying kind of promotes us to get outside of our comfort zone and maybe make a change in our life in a way. I mean, I've so, got a friend of mine who was obese most of his life, and at a certain point, he'd had enough of it, and he joined the gym, and he got really fit. And he's like, listen, you know, I'm better off for it, but there was a time in my life where I really wanted to kill myself because I didn't fit in with society. And he goes, and yeah. I could have I gone a different path. I could have well, gone down, you, you know. You can make the argument for, you know, just because something positive comes from a negative doesn't make, mean the negative's okay. Right. Which is, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, it's a possibility. I mean, that's just the crazy it's, part it's is anything outlook. can happen. It's outlook. Yeah. You know, if, if you have a more positive outlook and you're willing to say things like, you know, the question, and not a blaming question, but the question, what did I do to put myself in a position to be hurt? Mm-hmm. And not to say that you deserved what happened to you, but it's a diagnostic question of how do I avoid this in the future, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, because your body's constantly thinking, your brain is thinking, right. I gotta survive. Mm-hmm. This is gonna like hurt if I, me. If how I do go I avoid to a metal it? show and I get in the pit and I get the snot beat out of me because I'm in my thirties and I'm not as bouncy as I used to be, like I can then ask, well, what did I do? To allow this to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's not to say that maybe people shouldn't have beaten the snot out of me, but also like in the future I can learn from this, recognize the, the recognize situation. the situation, mm-hmm. and maybe make an informed decision. Well, I got these friends now; they're you know these lifelong friends that that are looking up bands that we grew up with. Oh, they're on tour, and I went, I don't want to go. What do you mean you don't want to go? I'm like, I, there's no no part of that I wanted to be a part of. If right. we were younger, yeah, I would be all about it, but mm-hmm. right now. I don't want to hear the loud noise. I don't want to be around the crowds. I want a bathroom nearby. If we're going to go to something, like, I don't mind going to comedy shows because I know at least the volume level is going to be where I can stand it. And right. I'm going to laugh and have a good time. If I go to a, to a concert or something, there's a big possibility that as I show up, I'm going to think, this is the last place I want to be. Speaking of comedy, we need to go to Columbia soon. Okay. Because they have the new uh, comedy venue in Columbia that just opened up. And my friend... Uh, so my friend John Gibson is a stand-up comedian. Oh, he's very good. Good. Um, and he does a lot of work with that. And Jen Snyder, another great, like, really awesome person that I know. Um, unfortunately, I'm not like super close with her. She's the love of my life. I absolutely adore her. But we never really got to spend. Little um, did she know. We're both interested in women. Um, Anyways, and I'm comfortable with Darn. that. Jen, you're wonderful. I love you to death. Um, He's a lesbian, by the way. Just saying. No. 
<laughs> no. Um, but yeah, and and she's she just had a sold out show there Saturday. Great. And so I want to go see her ASAP because or Friday night. I don't know, Jen. Forgive me. Um, she's not gonna listen to this. No, she's not. No. Um, but yeah, I know you love comedy. I love comedy, and I'd love to support local comedians. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with supporting the big acts and going to see them, but there's something cool about watching somebody that's a little bit more local and being able to support them oh, absolutely. and show some love for them. And it doesn't hurt that they're both hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like they're both really good comics, but it's the, it's the crowds that I want to avoid because, because as a survival mm-hmm. technique, I go, I'm 45. I don't want any part of that. Like mm-hmm. I, there's nothing about that. That's going to be fun. Well, at least at a comedy show. The crowds aren't typically as bad as at like a metal show yeah. or a rock concert. Yeah, because they're there to laugh. Right. Most people are there to laugh. There's a couple of people there that are there to get drunk and heckle the comedian, and they'll be dealt with. Yep. And we don't have to handle them. We don't have to deal with them. We can find our own little pocket of serenity. And I feel like it would be a blast, dude. Like, saddle up, go to Columbia one night. Yeah. I can DD because I don't drink. There you go. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Oh, man. All right, so we're going to take a quick five-minute recess and figure out what we're doing with our afternoon. I also need to know how much time we've spent talking. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk to you guys in a minute. Click. Clickety-click. Clickety-click, click. Is this recording fine? I am literally winging it the whole time. So. Yeah, I'm trying to learn. I actually have... A friend of mine coming over at about three today who his job used to be social media marketing and all of that. So he does videography, he does uh, like podcast stuff, he does social media marketing, he does everything. And he's coming over to hang out with me and ask him if there is, ask him if there is a benefit to having like your own website. I've been looking at Squarespace. But I, I thought well, I'm gonna talk part of that could him. be... And you, if you have questions, you can write or text them to me. So that's, that's the, one of the main things. Because right. I, I didn't know if, it, if the benefit was going to be you can have your own merchandise that you sell through it. or You can sell that stuff through Facebook. I know. But I thought maybe that's the purpose of it. Or is the purpose of it to have the ability to say, here's where you can find me. And then right. they can follow the links from there. Because that may be easier than looking you up on any kind of social media or any My kind of business certain cards are all social media. I yeah. don't want to send somebody to a website. Yeah. Um, I. Do you have a website right now? No. Okay. Let's actually. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This oh, I'm is still Danny. doing this. This is Josh. I know you're still doing it. We're <laughs> um, so we're just hanging out, talking about weird stuff. Talking about um, social media and whether or not to publish. A website. A website for what we're doing. Right now, this is the infancy. Obviously, for you, this is your second podcast. Right. This is still um, baby steps. Right. Uh, but, you know, it can grow. Like, I got, I went down the wormhole recently. Oh, I don't know how I got on it. But uh, somehow, I think I asked the question, what's the difference between Anchor and Lisbon? And all of a sudden, like, I went down this wormhole of... Finding a guy named Shannon Hernandez, the Shan Man. Hi, Shan Man, if you're watching. You're probably not. But anyway, 
he's a big time radio host, uh, podcaster, podcast developer, podcast producer out of the Phoenix, Arizona area. And um, he's got really long hair and a big beard and it's grayish in parts. And, you know, you can tell that he's a seasoned guy. He does a he does like one of the intro videos I watch. He's sitting at a soundboard that's bigger than your table, mm-hmm. and he has multiple computer screens and multiple microphones. And he's like, "Hey guys, I just want to talk about." It. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Because he he kind of laid out this whole thing about how he felt that Anchor was probably not the pathway to go down. And then he just starts describing you know terms of service, and he says, "You know, if you read the fine print of their terms of service, it says that they own your content." And while that may not be a big deal for a lot of people, it is a big deal for some people. And I was like, why do I care? Like, I'm building an audience. This is just me building an audience. And I'm not a sound engineer. I don't know all the technical stuff. I don't know how to publish on iTunes and Stitcher and mm-hmm. and and Spotify and all these other things that Google Play has and whatnot. I don't know how to do any of that crap, nor do I want to learn. I don't have the time. This is a hobby for me. And it just so happens that it's a hobby that I like sharing. Now... You know, he goes into this thing about, well, you know, you know, what about the fact that, you know, you, some of your stuff may end up being important down the road and you may change and then they own your stuff. And I was like, so, I mean, yeah, you move forward. Like, I, I don't, I don't ever have the idea of, I want to make sure I hang on to everything in the past. I'm, I'm also thinking about moving forward all the time because right. my podcast right now is stuff I heard in the future. It could be something different, whatever. Right. But I do understand, like, YouTube goes, as far as mm-hmm. YouTube goes, like, my content that I recorded, you know, eight years ago is still getting views versus my stuff now. And it's, you know, a recent video may only have 20 views today. Right. But I go back, and in a week, it's got 40 views. And in another week, it's got 100 views. And I go, whoa, okay. Because right. you build a catalog. And I guess that's kind of what he was talking about, is, like, if you grow to the point that you want to move on, but I was thinking, why would you want to move on? So he, I wrote him this lengthy email you know, or message or whatever on YouTube saying, you know, thank you for your input, you know, way more than I do. And I kind of am going down the rabbit hole of trying to decide, you know, whether it's worth my time and money to go into Libsyn, which is a service that you have to pay for. Right. And so I went on Libsyn's website and looked it up, and their algorithm is really weird for how much you have to pay per month. And I was like, I just don't understand what I have to do here and why it's important. So... <clears throat> He, in the meanwhile, I'd gone to a Christmas party at my mom's, and he, meanwhile, wrote me back a very, very lengthy explanation and put in links about, you know, well, here's a video where I talk about this, and here's a video that may help you with this. And it's not all him. It's like other people's stuff, too. Um, That's so awesome. this morning I woke up, and I, I thanked him. Well, I thanked him last night before I went to bed. I was like, hey, I just got back from a Christmas party. I'll look at this later. Thank you for writing me. You know, I appreciate the time and effort. You know, I'm, I'm still learning and, you know, all this other stuff. And I went and watched the videos this morning because I wake up super early. And one of the videos was done like a year ago. And I guess Spotify has bought Anchor. And by this time, they had changed their agreement. Their, their agreement no longer says that the material is owned by them. It says that you own your material. Okay. Which is like, you know, anytime you want to transfer to another service, you can. And he goes, so let's just talk about, like, if you ever want to. And he gives, like, very detailed technical stuff about if you want to do it, this is all you got to do. And he goes, and it doesn't matter if you're leaving Anchor to go to Lipson or Lipson to go to to Blueberry or Blueberry to this or whatever you're doing. This is how you do the steps. And he's very knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. And I thought it was super helpful that he was, 
friendly enough to reach out and give mm -hmm. information to just about anybody. He even watched a couple of my videos. He's like, I like your videos. Your sound levels are good, especially when you use your, your mixer board. And he's like, but you know, you, you, you only got this many views on this video and I think you could have way more if you did this. And he sent me some links and I was like, oh, this is really helpful. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wrote him back and I was like, you know, I love people like this that. is all about community and this is all, you know, I said, my big thing is about community about mm -hmm. building community from within and, and, if you have a group of creators that want to help each other out, then why not help each other out as much as possible? And what you're right. doing is super helpful, and I hope that you can keep it up. You know, I'm going to stick with Anchor for now. I like what they're doing. I like the fact that they seem to move everything very simply for me. I don't have to think about it. Right. I literally just hit go, and it goes. Mm -hmm. So all the other technical aspects, I, I went ahead and subscribed to them on YouTube because I'm like, I'm going to watch more of your videos because it's all about podcasting, and it's all about marketing yourself, and it's about... That's awesome. How you get this, you know, how do you grow your audience? How do you develop this? How do you do that? You know, he's got technical issues on cameras and microphones. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to like use this guy as like a, a source of information. Yeah, just and a wealth of right. information. And I don't know, I don't know how long he's been at it. He's got like 7.7 thousand subscribers on YouTube. So he's, he's got like an audience following him. And I read comments yeah. from people and they're all creators. And they're all talking about this is what I'm doing or this is what I did or, you know, so they're all helping each other along the way. Absolutely. I so, mean, that's... Again, shout out to Shannon, amazing. man. Shannon Hernandez on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, that's a, a whole thing that eventually I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. Ugh. I'm just kind of doing the podcast thing on the side for now and focusing on YouTube. Yeah. Because um, YouTube is really, for me, that's where my passion has been, but I'm quickly falling in love with doing podcasts because it's just it's a really good excuse to hang out and talk about fun yeah. stuff or well, not fun stuff who is it um Bert Kreischer said on his podcast he's like he's like listen he said the podcast is an excuse for me to hang out with friends that I would never really get to have these conversations with right I'm like hey let's meet at three o'clock on Saturday and we'll we'll talk for two hours he goes, in my normal life, like we'd pass each other by when we're doing things and we'd never right. have these conversations. Right. He goes, but now I got an excuse. Let's yeah. sit down and let's podcast and let's talk about it. And he's That's he's exactly I right. About it. I mean it's it's a massively good excuse. It's, yeah. You and I are both really busy. It's hard for us to find time, but we're here doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's one of those things where both of us said, Yeah, let's do this thing. And I'm playing out with playing with these cool microphones, these Comica Yes. W S I don't have my glasses. 60. It's the Comica WS60. They are Ooh. wireless lapel mics. Ah. And they it's two transmitters into one receiver. So you have to mix the levels on the receiver itself. So you want to be careful with that. If you don't have a way to test the audio first, you may get bit from that. But it is mixing stereo. And so... I love the sound of these mics. I think they sound awesome. Yeah. They're they're crisp. The tone, the tone is the nice tone and warm. The tone was good. It's not as good as that condenser was. Yeah. But you're also not going to be able to fit that much microphone into this size package. Right. Um, and there are way better lapel mics out there. If you want to get a really good lapel mic, get one of like the Sennheiser or something like that. Rode makes a really good one as well. They have a new one out. It's 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 um uh, like squarish looking. Yeah. I just seen it advertised and I was like, ooh, that looks so, neat. So their new lapel mic, it's like in a little plastic or rubber thing. Yeah. That's meant to be taped to your chest under your shirt. 
Oh. And so it's so a through your shirt. It gets your voice. It's really? a no visibility lapel mic, hmm. and it's gorgeous. Hmm. And I want one so bad. Um, Christmas is coming up. Jingle bells. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not getting that for Christmas. Um, <laughs> but these, I'm very happy with. I love how easy it is now that I'm really starting to figure them out. I love how easy it is to just mic up two people. Mm-hmm. We don't even have to be near each other. Like I can walk into the other room. It's going to record both of our audios clearly. Well, let's say you're in a big room and well, I think for example, me hanging out with my buddy Greg down at his house, I had to put the camera probably 20 feet away from us to get us both on the couch because we wanted to sit comfortably on his couch and it was fine. Right. But this would have been really handy to sit up between us, and it would have picked up our voices really nice. Mm-hmm. Although I used the the iPad, it sat in between us, and it worked fine. And the video, the audio was fine. I just had to move right. it over, and it's just all learning to, to deal with what you have on hand. Now, this is not saying that you got to use any of this crap to do this. No, if you, if you want to do your own, your cell phone. Yeah, use your cell phone. Yeah. I mean, the only the, cool the only thing drawback is, is these record straight into a phone. So I actually could be running this into my cell phone, recording into the Anchor app. The only drawback to doing that is you want to use like a voice memo app mm-hmm. and not the Anchor app to record. Because what I learned was when you do that, if you someone calls call you or, or texts you, mm-hmm. it completely just shuts it off and you lose your audio. Right. Whereas if you record on a, on like a voice memo file and... It'll like pause it for yeah, you. Yeah, it'll pause it. Right. And That's or, why I'm using this on the computer instead yeah. of my phone. Yeah. Because I remember that story, and yeah. I'm terrified of losing audio files. And, and I've tried. You know, people are like, can't you just hit the do not disturb? It doesn't work. Nope. Doesn't It doesn't change it anything. Be, you have an iPhone, don't you? I do. It might be different on an nope. Android. It isn't? Nope. Okay. I had a friend of mine try it. He's like, I'm in the middle of recording, and the, and the phone rings. And I, even though I had it on do not disturb, it still cut it off. And that's I was like, that terrible. sucks. But that's that's kind of why I used the, the little miniature iPad thing. I had bought it for doing the stuff with the drone years ago. And right. And I got rid of the drone, and I thought, you know, one thing I didn't want is I didn't want it connected to anything that would give me alerts or disturb what I was doing. So you could run this into your iPad, and yeah. it would be working perfectly. Yeah. Because you also couldn't have GarageBand on here, right? I do. You cheeky monkey. I may need to get an iPad. Listen, it's, this was like, I want to say the, the Mini was like $300. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. This is And this is the brand new and the, the, the Mini 4 or whatever. Right. But it's, you know, it does everything you want it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I didn't want it connected to any kind of social media. I didn't want it disturbing anything. I wanted no alerts. Um, mainly for the drone, because I was like, if I'm flying, the last thing I want is something to disturb what I'm looking at or controlling. Right. That's not So, okay. when I got rid of it, I was like, what am I going to do with this thing now? And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, the podcast. I could just use it for the podcast. That's Why not? phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's you what I've been doing. absolutely get a set of these mics. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You're gonna. No. I don't no. think I will. Really? No. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, there comes a point of uh, diminishing returns, and when you start purchasing more and more stuff, you go, oh, what am I doing with this other stuff? Right. Here, See, here's an example. Um, let's talk about cameras. Yeah. Okay? So, I have that really big, ridiculous camera that yeah. I bought for YouTube, which is nice. Um, the thought process was, I had a Canon... G7X Mark II, which is basically the size of a cell phone. Really good pictures, really good audio, uh, great in low light. Um, we were going to take it to Disney, and it worked great at Disney for getting you know pictures at, at night or during the day. The castle looked beautiful. 
The problem is, is when you're doing a podcast using it, let's say I pointed at myself to do like a video, like vloggers do, mm -hmm. it tends to want to autofocus at times where it focuses on things in the background, or if you right. move your hand in front of it, it focuses, and then it goes to focus on your face, but it takes a little too long. There's a bit of a lag there, and it's, right. it's because it's a point-and-click, basically, camera, mm -hmm. and also it's limited by the 30-minute window that DSLR and mirrorless cameras give. Yep. Um, Still a great camera, but you know, with the growth of the YouTube channel, there is a there is the reality of, okay, either I'm paying taxes on this money, or I need to start buying equipment and having a tax write off to kind of offset my what I'm making, so that I can then justify the fact that hey, I'm not making a lot of money on this because you're right. not, you're really not. I mean, no. you start off in the beginning, and if you're lucky, YouTube sends you a check for like a hundred bucks once every six months. Right. And then it grows, and then before you know it, you're making a few hundred dollars a month, and you're like, whoa, I never saw that coming. Right. And that's literally almost everyone's story. Yeah. I never saw that coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's for my dad, he started back when YouTube started as a way of him showing me how to do some things. He lived in Maine. I lived in South Carolina. And he was like, I'm going to start. And the first video he did was setting the valves on a 1964 AMC Rambler. Mm. He had a 350 Chevy motor that he put in there that came from a guy that, that was a tow truck driver in Canada. The guy got in a wreck, totaled the tow truck, but the engine was perfect. Dad traded him a guitar for it, poked it in there, and it's a hot rod. Well, yeah. his first video is him setting the valves. That's the first video. That's the connection of that car to the whole thing. And from there, he started making videos of fixing things around the house, fixing the pipes, fixing the electrical, whatever. And it just grew and grew and grew. Now my dad, you can look on YouTube, R-P-E-E-K, R -P -E -E -K, um, short for Richard Peek. Uh, every day he's putting up four and five videos and he's got like 28,000 people around the world that subscribe to him and watch videos every day. And yeah. if you read the comments, they go, wow, this is better than watching TV. Yeah. He's wholesome. He's very kind. He talks about all kinds of stuff. He shows you how to fix all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's, it's great entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, during the process, he, he's playing banjo and he's building banjos and he's, you know, you name it, he's doing it. Yeah. And he was like, I never saw this going more than just to you. Right. And now there's literally people that are in other countries that are writing me going, hey, I just built my first banjo watching your video and I learned how to play this song and they're showing him videos and he's like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, inspiring something some in guy someone in, else. Some guy in England, like, mm -hmm. I bought this car and I needed to know how to do a brake job and I watched your videos and I went step by step with you and you helped me. Thank you so much. And he's like, that's so cool. Right. I did that. I got to pass that along to somebody Dude, I'd never meet in real life. I got a message from a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in several years. Um, and it's just like we just paths diverge. Mm -hmm. um, and like I, I think about him regularly. I, I used to live with the guy. I love him to death. Um, and so Zach messaged me a few weeks ago and was like, Hey dude, like I'm back in Florida now. Like if you're ever around, like, let me know. But I was watching your video of doing book binding the other day and you inspired me. And he sent me pictures of these journals that he's been making. Oh dude. Okay. So they're gorgeous. Um, and I'm jealous because now I want one, Zach. <laughs> Do you hear that, <laughs> Zach? I want one. Um, but then this dude is just, like, doing all the creative stuff. Like, he made, like, he made a watch case for his dad. Oh, that's gorgeous. Like, beautiful, right? 
super, super gorgeous. Why aren't you going up any further? Anyways. Um. And it's one of those things also where, to me, like, when you get to share that kind of stuff with people, you build a community, and, and you build a camaraderie. Deal. You can teach each other, but you can also challenge each other. Like, me going and visiting my buddy Greg, he's showing me a different style of cooking steaks that I hadn't thought of. And I, at first bite, I think, wow, this is a great steak, but also my competitive brain goes, I want to make one and see if I can outdo you. Yeah. Not that, not that it's not an experience that I want to go, wow, this is really good. I couldn't help saying out loud, oh, I challenge you. And he's like, what? I said, I challenge you to a cook-off. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? I said, I want to make one and I want you to eat it and be like, you yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. No, that's one of those things where it's I was like, like, it's that, but it, I said, but it's a compliment. It's that good. Like, I, I feel like I want to try to, to one-up you just a little bit or, or to have you, you know, you know, for a moment just go, oh, God. You did a good job. Like, you know, I want, I want to make one a little bit better. And maybe we go back and forth with it or try different things. And I'm sure that a lot of people go through that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, those turned out beautiful. Like, they're gorgeous journals. And, I, God, I want to, that's part of what I'm trying to do is get to the point where I can have a shop. Yeah. Not having a shop is just killing me. Yeah. I'm dying inside. But it's okay. I'll persevere. Yeah. Um and, you can and, be like me and piss off your neighbors and just do it out in the yard. Dude, I'm so close. And <laughs> my neighbors are like, oh, the, there he is again. Hey. <laughs> I know that I know that my neighbor across the street wouldn't care, and Bill wouldn't care, and Nan would tolerate it if it's during the day. Like if it's I try at to night, be yeah. I try to be sensible in the fact of I don't want to do this when people are supposed to be sleeping. Like between eight and eight. Yeah. Unless it's like a Saturday or Sunday, then you push it up to 10. Well, you do. Let them sleep in. You live a little closer to your neighbors than I do. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm out there at 6 o'clock in the morning as soon as, well, in the summertime when the sun comes up. And I'm like, because my, you, you think about where my garage is. In the morning. My closest neighbors may be 100 feet away. 200, well, right. let's say 200 feet away. Right. They're not that close. They're not that close. Yeah. I woke fine. up at 6.30 this morning, and that's three hours earlier than I usually wake up. Oh, wow. I slept till 7.30 this morning, which is three hours later than I normally wake up. Well, four hours. I got up at three, uh, 3.48 yesterday, and I was like, well, I guess it's time to get up now. You're a monster. I know. Well, it's my work schedule. <laughs> my work I schedule know. has always been that way. You know, Yeah. It, no matter what I do, it. Marine Corps and then Budweiser and yep. then Coke, and that was, you know, performance. Mm -hmm. Every morning is getting up super early. Well, I used to, when I was bouncing at Annie's, dude, I wasn't asleep till four or five in the morning. Yeah. You know, and I got a friend of mine who's a bartender at the beach, and, and he literally is not getting home until, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning most mornings. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, I'll call him for lunch sometimes, and I'm like, hey, are you available for lunch? And he's like, sorry, I didn't get your text. I was still asleep. And he'll, he'll call me back at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm right. like, well, of course you didn't. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. I didn't mean to bug you. But he always tells me, hey, if you're ever in the area, give me a call, and we'll do lunch. And I'm like, okay. But, yeah. If by lunch you mean at like three in the afternoon. Yeah, that's his lunch. But it's yes. three o'clock in the afternoon. My son lives in uh, north of Seattle, and he works the late shift. And his he lives with two roommates. They also work late shifts, and so when he doesn't drive, he's got he's got a couple friends that have cars, and so when they get off work, they don't go out and go shopping at the grocery store until after like midnight or one o'clock. Mm -hmm. And he says a lot of times I'm not in bed until five a.m. 
And he's on Pacific Coast time. So if I ever try to reach out to him, I may not hear from him until 5 o'clock p.m. my time. And he's like, right. yeah, I just got up. I'm like, what? Yeah. But, you know, that's just his schedule. This yeah. is I mean, we all have different rhythm, schedules. you know. And it's fine. It's fine. I like my schedule now. I yeah. like that I can, you know, I'm I'm basically like about one thirty to 9.30 is my sleep. Because right now I'm at a point in my life where eight hours is what I need. Um. I don't know if I could get eight hours. I did get eight hours last night. See, you can. Yeah, I believe hard. In you. I, maybe once a week I'll get eight hours. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have fantasies about what it would be like to have normal people schedule hours, and I just wave at them as they go by. See, I like I'm doing the the awesome of being off at four or five in the afternoon, and so I've got the whole evening into the night ahead of me you know if i'm in bed by one in the morning i'm doing good like i'm asleep mm. by 1 30 i'm bright eyed and bushy tailed for work the next morning i struggle to stay awake to watch anything on tv past nine o'clock my wife's been in this thing lately of watching disney plus they have a oh. they have a series on their um, imagineering story and mm-hmm. i have to start every episode and then finish watching it the next day or a day later because i'll fall asleep in it and that's oh, yeah. it's really good stuff and she goes, did you, did you finish watching it? I was like, yeah. She goes, no, you didn't. I was like, sure I did. She goes, did you see the part with the Star Wars stuff? And I went, I missed that part. <laughs> she goes, that was in the middle. And I was like, well, sorry, I was asleep. <laughs> Speaking of which, I have a project we need to work on soon. Okay. But I can't talk about it on mic because somebody that it's for might overhear. Okay. So we'll talk, remind me to talk about Star Wars things with you. Star Wars things. Star Wars things. Mm. I'm going to cause trouble. And I'm actually going to go buy the stuff for it today. Cool. Oh, man. All right, well, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, we can keep talking if you want to, but I'm going to wrap up my end. I do want to talk about my shirt. My mom got me a shirt. It says Tulsi Gabbard, Veterans for Tulsi, and which is kind of a funny joke because she, uh, she went to D.C. for a, a, a trip. Um, she's kind of a big deal in nurse practitioner circuit, and she got invited to D.C. to do a public speaking event. And while she was there, she called me, and she's like, I got you something. And I was like, okay. When she came back, she handed me this gift, and she was all excited. And she was like, you're going to like it. And I was like, okay. I opened up this bag, and it's these socks, and it says Kamala Harris on it. I was like, what, the, what is this? And she's like, isn't that the lady you like? I was like, no. No, it's not at all. This is the girl who's running against her. And that, no. I was like, literally, Tulsi rips her a new butthole every time they do a public speaking oh, event. I was like, this is the, this is the opposite of what I, I was like, Mom. Really? I was like, you and I have had lengthy conversations about Tulsi Gabbard being a veteran, and she was like, oh, that's right. So I, <laughs> I think she felt bad about it, and then so last night when we did Christmas, she gave me a shirt, and she oh, got me yeah. these little stickers, and I think in order to do that, you have to donate to her, her, her campaign. So I think my mom donated to her campaign just to get me a t-shirt, which <laughs> is really amazing. awesome. Yeah. Well, she's in... Uh, I mean, way to go, mom. She's in a public speaking thing in South Carolina today. Um, she's been here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I think Friday she was in Orangeburg. Uh, yesterday she was in Greenville, and today she's at Furman University. Nice. So, um, of course, that's a bit of a drive, and I, I would love to be there, but it's like from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Nah, can't, I can't make no. it up there. It's too far. But anyway, I'm really hopeful no, that, cool that she's going to you know keep the campaign going, and I know she was not invited to the recent debate, but I don't care. In today's society, like, why do you need to be invited to these debates so that you get 45 seconds to talk just so that you have a voice? There's open platforms everywhere where you can reach people on on a on a person to person level. I I honestly, I would love to see 
politician set up like a YouTube live debate. Yeah. Where they they just go on YouTube live and they answer questions in the comments. Well, and Joe like Rogan's, an ANA, like, Joe, Rogan's, Joe Rogan is the only reason I know who she is. Because he invited her, he, he, he heard her talk. He was like, hey, come on the podcast and talk. She talked for three hours. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's awesome. You know, love to hang out with you. He invited Bernie Sanders on. I'd never heard Bernie, Bernie Sanders make more than one sentence speeches at a time because everyone right. cuts him off short. So he has to get all crazy and throw his hands up in the air and seem extremist. Right. And, and they had a two-hour conversation where he got to talk very level-headed about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't always agree with what anyone says. Neither one of these politicians do I agree with 100% of what they say. No. But that's normal. Like, you're not supposed to agree with what everybody says. I mean, you're different people. You have different interests, different desires, different whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's about finding what you believe is best for the country and right. for your community. It, not necessarily you personally. Yeah. And it's the, for me, for her, it is the level at which she's willing to listen and talk to anyone mm-hmm. she's willing to reasonably listen to your conversation and and talk about it and okay well, let's you know that's a good point let's discuss it and in no way is she she's basically the opposite of trump she is yeah. very level-headed very conscientious very thoughtful she's also the only candidate that's running that served our nation and is continuing to serve in the armed forces she's a 16-year veteran as a combat medic with the army, yeah, awesome. That's great. Amazing. Yeah. Plus, she's a representative, second congressional district of Hawaii. Right away, you've got leadership. You've got worldwide knowledge. You've got interaction. She's been in battle. She understands what it's like for American servicemen to lose their lives, and she's like, you know, this is an area that we don't need to take lightly. And I'm like, finally, someone's having this conversation. What it's like to come home, right? After that, yeah. Because let's let's be honest, the government does. A a, a pretty decent job of taking care of their troops overseas. But not here. Once they come home and they get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend that literally was just at the VA for the third time in two weeks because the VA lost his enlistment paperwork and is claiming that he doesn't get be- veterans benefits anymore because they lost his paperwork when he had his original copies of everything with him. Mm. And they're claiming they're just trying to screw him out of being able to get his benefits. And, yeah. like, that seems a little shady to me. Now, I will say there's elements of her policies of things she wants in the future that, that I don't think is plausible or is probably not the right path. But also, I don't know everything. I'm quick to say right. I don't know everything. I mean, and I could be a couple of idiots. I could be wrong here. about what I think is important. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. is like nothing is achieved solely because one person wants it. You have to, you have, we were lucky to live in a country where you have three branches that have to kind of agree on things in order to make things happen. Right. And, you know, what was it? I heard uh, Obama, he was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld, and they just happened to be drinking coffee in the basement there. And he asked me, he said, you know, if you could relate being president to a sport, would you consider it like tennis? Like you have an idea and you hit it back and forth kind of thing? And he says, no, it's more like football. You have, a, you have a goal of what you want to happen, and you try to make that thing happen, but a lot of things can go wrong in the process, and mm-hmm. a lot of people oppose you, and a lot of people are working in ways to, to make whatever it is you come up with not happen. And he said, yeah. but every once in a while, everything works, and you get to move the ball forward. He said, that's kind of what being the president is about. He goes, and you also take the blame for everything, no matter if it's good or bad. Yeah. It, well, he said, mostly it's just bad. All the bad gets, you're, you're the blame for it. He goes, but you try. That's all you really can do is try. 
yeah. And I thought, that's really cool. But also, like, I heard Joe talk about this, and he said, you know, being a president is kind of an ego thing just to be able to tell people, well, I'm the president. And, and let's face it, if you're the president of the United States nowadays, you're kind of the big deal around the world. It's not and, just these days, dude. That's <clears throat> the last hundred years. But he asked Tulsi, he said, why do you want to be president? And she said, I don't. I don't want to be president, but I believe in service over self, and I believe that in order to serve the people, you got to listen to the people, and you got to be about the people, which is mm-hmm. what our government was founded on. And she said, I just have a calling to help people with what I can do. And if I can do this, great. If this isn't the path, then it'll be that way, then whatever. Right. But I feel like I have a, a calling to be to serve the people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what a great answer. Yeah. What a great answer. So anyway, I'm supportive. I like that. Tulsi. I like you. it, man, and I like that. I like that's a good note. Yeah. I mean, service is a good note. Uh, whatever it, form it takes, service over self. Service over self. Whether that's actively serving the military or just serving your community, not just or serving your community, because not to say that anyone is better or worse than the other. Um, I got a friend of mine, 23 years in the army. He retired, and I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. Uh, his name's John Floyd. He and I grew up together. He lived in this area uh, as a kid and he's we, he, we've had personal conversations where he talked about being in combat and holding his best friend's brains in his hand and he's got some some PTSD from that and he you can see it in his eyes and you hear it in his voice and yesterday he spent the day at the National Cemetery putting wreaths on the on the mm. on the gravestones at the National Cemetery and you know it is that service that he cares about he's like yep. my friend didn't make it home but I did. This is the least I can do. Absolutely. Is, is pay pay honor and respect to his family and the families of those who died for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is that element of, like you said, no matter if it's for your country or just for your community or just for your neighbor, you know, do something for other people to make this a better place, and it will be. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to social media. Don't let people, you know, dissuade you from trying to push each other apart. You can do whatever it takes just by reaching out to people that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while and saying, hey, by the way, is there anything I can help you with? You need, you need some right. help with anything? You know, do good we, recklessly. We could, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. good recklessly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, I like it. that's all I got to say about that. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm quickly fading. I shouldn't have woken up at 6 this morning. I hate well, it. Well, at the end of my podcast, I always say, cue the cow. What do you do at the end of yours? Uh, I don't know. You got Goodbye. A thing? You got a thing yet? No, I don't have a thing yet. <laughs> I'll catch you nerds later. Nerds. Love it. Awesome. Cue the cow? Cue the cow. All right. <laughs>